0: Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you for your Dan, and this whole space. Um, I'm Andrew Ruff. Uh, I've been in post-production here in San Francisco for uh, 10, 15 years. And um, I mostly do mixing, sound design uh, things in a home studio, originally at a place called Earwax Productions. Um, and so mostly i've worked in an environment that i could control but about uh, nine ten years ago i had a friend who invited me down to costa rica and uh, he he had a publishing company he wanted a product to sell through his distribution chain of natural sounds i thought that sounds interesting um i'd never done that before i had been in a studio environment telling actors when to act you know picking sound effects from a library um, doing that kind of thing um but it turned into a really great adventure and and a a really uh, satisfying project. So uh, a few years later, when I was actually talking to Ann Kruber on the phone, she said, what are you gonna do next? And I just thought of, started to think about what I I could do that would be different than just recording uh, the different environments, Um, you know, rainforest, cloud forests, I had recorded monkeys, volcanoes, that kind of stuff. And I thought, add a, an even, even greater story element to the recordings would be an interesting challenge so I thought about the country of Japan because uh, of the history and you know the, the deep cultural roots that sound has in japan whether it's poetry painting literature and there were so many sounds that were already there ready for me to record and sort of integrate into a into a story a cultural and historical story so i thought that would be an even maybe too big of a challenge but might be an even uh, neater project to undertake. So what I'm going to play tonight I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm talking a little quickly because I'm going to try and keep this short and uh, this screen is conveniently here for you to see exactly when each piece is going to end <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, So I'm going to mainly play stuff from the Japan trip uh, originally it started out as, an, as a, um, a four seasons concept I was going to record go to Japan over the four seasons which is very important both to the Japanese and their culture and literature, and try and come up with very distinctive soundscapes. Uh, What I do is, there is editing involved, Um, I won't deny it. (laughs) Uh, I found that just the idea of making a CD, when I did the first CD, the Costa Rica CD, I listed a lot of projects and I found that, I I have a short attention span. (laughs) And after a few minutes, I started to sort of drift off. Um, And uh, when I was very young, I, uh, there was a, a, a sound recordist from many years ago, uh, Dan Gibson, who did this summer solitudes recordings. And I had, mm-hmm. been, I had been a fan of his, and I had a sampler, the first uh, mm-hmm. natural sounds recordings I ever had. So three, four minutes, that was it. Moved on to the next thing, moved on to the next thing. And uh, it was very exciting for a ten-year-old kid. And that, ki- that, that kind of change, that kind of um, just put yourself in some environment. Rip you out and put you somewhere else. That was that seemed to be very, very exciting. That seemed to be the whole point of having a recording. I mean, if I want to go to the place, I could go to the place. But the cool, the, for me, the cool aspect of having a recording was I could be in this rainforest and suddenly I was out of the rainforest and in a completely different environment. Huh. So I carry that into my um, recording. So I'll just prep the first one a little bit and then I can prep each one uh, after that. Uh, so the idea, like I said, of Japan was to uh, f- have the winter, very cold, melancholy kind of sounds, and go through the seasons, go through the geography of the country. This first one is recorded was recorded um, in Amami Oshima, which is an island uh, north of Okinawa, subtropical island. which is a uh, nighttime or uh, dusk recording. Uh, I had gotten there in the afternoon. There were a few things I wanted to record: certain birds, certain animals, and uh, I, I, you know, the first thing you want to do when you get somewhere is, where do I go, where's, where's the best sound, where should I go to record? And uh started driving around the island. Lots of uh, old abandoned roads in Japan because of the, uh, of the political situation in which the central government is constantly building, building, building to get votes from the suburban people. So J- Japan for recording is great. There are roads everywhere and no one's on them. Um, so you can get into uh, forests and mountains very easily. Um, So this first one is an evening recording, dusk. I set up some microphones. It is edited, but I try not to be too designy about it. What I tend to do, and this this has become sort of a, I guess, my way of doing things, but um, I haven't done it that many times, is to record a stereo recording as though I'm recording a symphony. And, And so I record this space, but then I also try and mic and individually capture all the insects, animals, birds, frogs, that are in that, that's in that soundscape at that time uh, or certainly around the time. And, and so it's sort of a, a construction of that space. Uh, it's as though I was able to have put 20 microphones on all the little critters and then uh, sort of reconstruct what they were doing. So you get a, a little bit more of a vivid, immersive kind of sound. This first thing, as you can see, is, is quadraphonic. I was just playing with this actually last night and I spread out a stereo recording I had. Um so you'll know, have to forgive any strange quirks and stuff. But why don't we just get to the sounds? Yeah. <laughs> uh so we go. I'm on Yoshima around five o'clock in the afternoon. For the sake of time, I'm going to paint it out there. But um, that that actually, it, it goes into nighttime, and that is real time. Um, when I was saying I was trying to find out where to record, mm. it was actually just about, I cut out a little bit before and after that recording, but um, it was actually quite quiet at around 4.55, I'm set up, a, and by 5.10, mm. it was even more of, more of a cacophony than that. Wow. So within about a 10, 15-minute span, it just, Exploded from daytime, nothing. Nighttime turned into a symphony. So, <coughs> no, those
1: <was> mostly birds.
0: <laughs> those are mostly uh, mostly owls. Um, some of the funnier sounding things are. There's a couple of crows in there. The thing at the beginning, uh, whistly sounding thing. That's called a Zuaca albato. It's a it's a very rare pigeon that can be found between uh, Taiwan and Amami Oshima, uh, nearly extinct. And I was very very lucky to. Um, it's a whole other story about how I actually got that recording. Um, but uh, one, of the, one of the points of the trip, like I said, was to match cultural, to, to, to find uh, uh, symbols of history, culture, literature, poetry. And, you know, there are certain animals, certain sounds that, that come up again and again as symbols in, 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 these, in these things. And um, uh, I wanted to find natural sounds that sounded similar to um, uh, man-made sounds in Japan. So I wanted mm-hmm. to find a bird like, this was great because this kind of sounded like a shakuhachi flute. Uh, there was another insect that sounded like a little bell, which is a very, uh, called a footing. Uh, it's kind of a, a bell that they put on their houses in summertime. And I wanted to find you know, things that matched, you know, certain animals that appeared in poetry over and over again, so that there was some sort of um, story. Actually, the booklet for the recordings will be much more of an ex- have a better explanation. But anyway, that's what that was. This was wintertime? This was uh, springtime, spring April uh, April in the evening.
2: It sounded like mm-hmm. gagaku.
0: <laughs> I, th-
2: Japanese uh, I thought goat. so
0: too. The, there's a certain way that that, that animal sounded. had it, I had the same mm-hmm. thought. Well, the I definitely for the Japanese thing wanted to do, uh, ex- express this term that they have a mono no aware, which is sort of a a sadness, a melancholy. I didn't necessarily want that from the spring recordings, but I wanted to get um, when I say Jap- I'm, ma- I'm making a, a, a collection of Japanese recordings. People who aren't in Japan start to think, oh, you know, mysterious, strange, um, maybe zen, I don't know, wh- whatever they think of about Japan. And uh, I don't want to play into that so much, but there's a little bit that I want to express. So uh, the next couple, next few recordings are a little shorter. This is a collection from Hokkaido in the north during the wintertime. And this definitely was supposed to get across this feeling of winter, cold, melancholy, <coughs> and all that. So let me start. Uh, the first is just a quick, a quick recording of um, not, an ath- not, a, not an animal, but a, a pipe that was sticking out of the ground on this little snowy spit right at the northern, northern tip of Hokkaido. You, know, you, can, you can actually see Russia, and there's ice that, that comes down from Russia. and you, c- you could walk from Japan to Russia if you wanted to. Um, I'll be playing some of the, my recordings of the ice in just a minute. But this, this first little minute... Is just this uh, on this snowy little uh, peninsula. I found a pole sticking up and stuck my microphones into it, and this is what it said. It was uh, again um, this environment in northern Japan—just white, cold, flat, empty. Uh, mm. This is sort of their Wild West, Hokkaido, mm. and um, as they see it, because it, it's, it's more spread out, it's more um, sparsely populated than uh, the, the, the other islands. And this is in the northeastern corner near uh, Shiretoko, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's a place where they have bears in the summer, and in the winter, it really isn't like the end of the, end of the country, <coughs> end of the world. <coughs> um, and so I wanted to get that feeling across and I was trying to record wind. you'll see wind kind of pop up a little bit in these next two few minutes with recordings but um, I'm sorry.
1: Y- your mic was dangling inside a pipe.
0: So it was a it was a, it looked like a little shack. It was a spit of um, spit of land, ice all around it and um, there was a little shack and a, a pipe sticking out of the ground with holes in it. Uh, so that looked promising And uh, I took two. Uh, my Sennheiser mics just plopped one in and plopped one in the other, you know, a little yeah. higher up. Yeah. And uh, st- I think I stuffed a sock in there uh, to keep to to keep out the outside noise at that particular juncture. I don't, I can't remember now. It's been about five five years, but yeah. So that was the good. wind
2: blowing, it's
0: the wind blowing against these holes mm-hmm. like a flute. Okay. So, so that's sort of the introduction to the uh, the winter stuff. So here here now is the uh, okay. Here's the sea ice recording, Uh, first about a minute and a half above and then a minute and a half using hydrophones below uh, with a little design splash in between. But again, everything that you hear did actually get recorded at the time. It's just that I didn't actually fall through the ice.
1: Can you see that rhythm? It's um, like the ice is moving, right? Yeah. I,
0: I, uh, the, the the ice moving part was, was kind of neat. I was being followed around by a newspaper. And one thing I found out from when I went from studio recording to the field recording is you, you go from a place, again, like I said, you can control to a place that you can't control. These people wanted to follow me around and do a story on me recording sounds. And of course, I wanted to you know, <laughs> yes. make some sounds happen. But you're in a place that's Big empty snowy places. So, um, I said, "Okay, I'm going to try and record ice." And it, it was. I was very fortunate that uh, within you know an hour of them following me around, I found this little beach where there was just enough movement that the mm-hmm. ice was was creaking and cracking. Um, the underwater part, I had it was a lot it was a much more difficult effort. Uh, I, had to, I walked a kilometer out into the sea oh, and geez. took an, a pickaxe with oh an God. assistant, mm-hmm. and we took turns trying to chop through the, uh, the sea ice, mm-hmm. which was probably about <coughs> that thick uh, wow. where I was. Fun. And once we know, we hit the, uh, the bottom of the this ever-enlarging hole. Uh, first, I was not sure what exactly was going to happen when we hit the water, <laughs> but when we hit it, you know, it got a big enough aperture that we started putting the, the hydrophone down.
2: Uh,
1: what was that low, there's sort of, a, in the underwater, there's sort of a low tone, like a resonance. The rumbly stuff? Yeah, the rumbly. Is, is that, is that, that's essentially the entire bay that, resonating at that? That peak? was
0: actually, it was recorded in another section uh, at the beach very sho- in a very shallow place so that <coughs> was, there was water that could move over the hydrophone. Oh, and oh. Uh, That's how you get the gurgling and other stuff. Most no. of the crackling is from the kilometer out and any kind of water movement. Okay. You need some water moving to yes.
1: get. Yes, and the creaky door sound is that out also the ice,
0: and that's the ice, yeah. Wow, moving on a little pebbly beach. Mm. So, <laughs> I heard
1: some wind when we were above water. Is that the wind that was there? <laughs> yeah, or wow. Yeah. The thing that sounds like the creaky door is the ice, it's the ice. Mm.
0: And I, 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 uh, I tend to do, uh, again, um, I like to exaggerate s- stuff. Uh, I tend to take my microphones and place them 20 feet apart, you know, omnidirectional microphones. Really, uh, you know, get things in the left speaker, or the right speaker. I'm not really one for a perfect image because mm-hmm. you know, we're often listening in strange places anyway, and it's a very inherent, unnatural thing to listen to nature sounds through two points. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me at least, I just like, so I, I tend to, that's why you get this very wide image and sort of creaking over here and creaking over here. This, the microphones were probably at least 15 or 20 feet apart mm-hmm. and about that far away from the, the ice, the actual moving part. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't really see it moving. It sounded much cooler once I put the headphones on. All right. <laughs> so
2: yeah. it's interesting that it's very similar to something that was done up in Alaska for Never Cry Wolf. I've got all tons of yeah uh, of the of the movie. yeah the above and below the ice. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, the, the well, I'm sure and ice
0: knows no bi- uh, boundaries. No, it just
2: it just it's just so you know, so cool, yet it was different. It was sort of a Japanese version. <laughs> of
0: it. <laughs> well, it's true. Um, the, the, the amount of time that the ice is up in Hokkaido now is getting shorter and shorter every mm-hmm. year. Um, and, you know, they wait for it to come down. There were reports about when it's going to show up. Because the fishermen up there, their fishing season, of course, ends. And the few that I did see who were up there switch over to doing things like scuba diving under the ice. Wow. I, I had to record this uh, in, in between um, some fishermen who took some tourists out there had were chainsawing yeah. through the ice so that <laughs> they could get through and, uh, you know, do underwater, under, under ice diving. Um, but the, yeah, the, the ice is getting, the, the period is getting shorter and shorter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the last little segment from, uh, any other questions? Did the, you go where the snow monkeys are? Yes, I did, uh, but that part's in the summertime. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they were very playful, but they didn't make a whole lot of interesting sounds. They kind of mm-hmm. makes some monkey sounds. But, uh, this last little bit of Hokkaido, again, tries to drive home <coughs> the, um, that mono no aware feeling, the, the melancholy feeling. Uh, I recorded some cranes, which I, you, you may hear just the tail end of the famous you know, Japanese cranes, red-headed cranes. Uh, but what I, what I like even more, the shika, or the kind of deer that appear again and again in, um, in poetry and in the scroll paintings and stuff. And the shika have a very, especially the young, have a very plaintive cry. And I, I really liked it. So I recorded that. And as I was recording it, again, on a very a sort of open, snowy field at the edge of, of you know Japan. Um, at 5 o'clock, uh, just like in every city in Japan, there's music that plays out of a speaker somewhere. I don't know where, because I was in the middle of nowhere. But it kind of tells you it's 5 o'clock, it's time to go home now. Uh, but I thought it sounded so nice with the wind and the, and the deer that I kind of kept it in. Uh, I think it's a symbol of how intrusive people are in Japan and into, the, into the nature, you know, they're sort of imposing this, this their, their music in these very natural soundscapes, but the people in Japan that I played it for think it's just the greatest thing in the world. So. <laughs> that mm-hmm. cool. um some of the <laughs> wind the wind is the hardest thing and I, I wasn't really sure what to do about wind that wind there's a little bit of the um, the wind there's two winds mixed together in that there's the, the sea ice was recorded just over the hill it's a little bit of that in and then some of the the more windy sounding um effect bit though i stuck my microphones next to the hubcaps so of the Four-wheel drive that I uh, can <laughs> take it around in to get a little bit of a, a whipped-up sound. Huh. Mm. So That's that was a item. Um,
2: what kind of deer are
0: they? They're called chica. They look okay. like they don't look much different than the, the hmm. they're brown deer, maybe a little bit bigger than the ones in um, Marin County. But uh, they appear again and again in um, in you know, scrolls, screen paintings, uh, in so
1: and literature. So what was the, cr- the crane? It was a very similar.
0: Well, at the very beginning, just a little uh, uh, uh okay. is the yeah. end part that, th- again, I cut some of this down so I could yeah. kind of squeeze some stuff into this presentation, but uh, they're really loud. And uh, earlier in that recording, you'd hear them calling and, and making lots of uh, noise. Actually, it was because of that recording that uh, the next time I go out, this, these were all recorded on DAT, and uh, the next time I go out, I do want a four track. I want that. <laughs> uh, because um, for the cranes in particular... Uh, where I went, you know, they have, they kind of they come to this field and in Japan they're one of the symbols of the country, so wherever you find groups of them, you will find groups of photographers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. lots of photographers all mm-hmm. lined up, you know, taking pictures. And I only had a, about a ten-minute window from the time that the last photographer put all of his stuff in his case and left, till <laughs> so the last one started, you know, taking off, flying over me like seven forty-sevens and going back to their roosts mm-hmm. uh, or wherever they go. And, uh, at that, and, I, and I hoped at that point I wanted f- at least three tracks so that I could have my omnidirectional microphone spread out you know, like I normally do 20 feet apart at this really beautiful open um, you know, area where they were kind of all walking around doing their crane dances and making sounds. And then have another one or two channels for spotting them with my shotgun. And I just didn't know what to do. I had 10 minutes and you know, I had to leave the next day. So uh, four channels. Like definitely next time I go out
1: Question. in the field. Yeah, and the uh, the, the thing that's played back uh, towards the end. That, that's how it sounds it like a, like it's warbly and it almost sounds like it's pissed ship down a low past or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh,
0: it's that's it on my stationary omnidirectional microphones. Um, it's a, you know, this echoey kind of semi valley forest, snow cl- uh, clearings and kind of pine trees dotted around and you know you can imagine it's probably coming out of some sort of old speaker in a tree somewhere <laughs> but again i'm miles from anywhere so i don't know <laughs> why they put it there and
2: it, was, it sounded mm-hmm. like it, it was like at the same pitch as the as the deer i mean they do seem they to get off on deer. it don't
0: they yeah <laughs> they did, they kinda, yeah they respond so um uh i'm not sure i put this one here but I, this this is now actually uh at least heard this but this is a the vol- volcano in costa rica right the i kind of should probably stay with japan but i'll just throw this in because it's a nice recording uh Arenal is one of the most active volcanoes in costa rica it was one of the first times i recorded something really scary and boomy and big mm-hmm. um this was uh after my uh, my friend and i were running up the uh, volcano it's almost always making sounds um and we, were, we had an assistant trying to distract the park ranger at the bottom. <laughs> we'd jump down, you know, we'd hide behind a little crop of, of rocks, and then he'd kind of look away, we'd run up another 20 feet and jumped jump down. We kind of went way too far up the mountain, but this was the result. <laughs>
1: So that's the mouth of the volcano?
0: It's the mouth of the volcano, yeah. It's right. actually
1: making that chugging.
0: Chugging. Yeah. Oh. And then uh so it kind of builds up, ejects these red hot rocks, and then oh. you hear them rolling down it the other yeah. side. So at nighttime you see these rocks rolling down the Were side.
2: You afraid of them? Like of oh extraordinarily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um anyone who's done Nature recording. There's there's, there's also animals <laughs> further along that yeah. was 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 pretty pretty dangerous. But uh, once that record button goes on, you just <laughs> you feel like you, you have invincible. to get closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> I just got closer, um, and yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was my first volcano, you know, too. Um, and it's a very you know it's like it's like in Lord of the Rings, a very Mordor like place. I mean, as you go up, all the vegetation di- dies out. It's a very conical uh, mountain. You could so. just smell it. Oh yeah, yeah. We could smell it, um, and actually, while we are going up, just before we turned the recorder on, it actually had a, I guess what they call it ru- eruption, where like you know the ground shook and it, it rumbled like a, like an earthquake. Wow. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I didn't get that on disc. Did the ground
2: yeah. feel warm when you were?
0: It didn't. I did do a recording of uh, nearby of, of all sorts of fumaroles and you know the the ancillary things that go along with the volcano. Uh, I don't have. that Recording here, but um, uh, this was the stra- the strangest sound I'd heard a volcano make before, so yeah. I included it.
1: Was that also? The, did you have a spaced array for that? or?
0: This one, I must have. I think, and it's slightly. Like, it's it's kind of sounds like it's off mic. It's because I had this my long shotgun, because huh. um, you know I was doing this sort of commando like recording, with the ranger looking the other way, and us you know on the mountain of going up and up, and me, I didn't know where to point it, you know, you just kind of point it up towards where the sound is coming from, you know, up the, at the top, and steam's rising. Um, but yeah, so I was recording it with a, a is it is it mid-side, or is it? No, I think it's actually just a mono recording.
2: Yeah, And huh. did the ranger find out you were I was back? feeling pasty. Well, he
0: knew we were up, he just said, don't go beyond a certain uh, point, but we went like half a right. kilometer beyond it, <laughs> don't go. So... Uh, um should i keep going yeah okay more time. i know we got a little bit of a late start yeah. Why not? Why not? okay just uh, i guess three more here one two three this one um is a little more designed again everything was recorded at the time uh in well more or less the time this is back in japan uh again, going with the whole mysterious Japanese thing, this is in the middle of the islands in the springtime. This was a, a village that had been abandoned um, about earlier in this last century. And I didn't know about it. And the village, most of the people in the nearby village didn't know about it. I came across it while hiking with my assistant in a, on a nearby mountain. And it's pretty mysterious. It looked like an Indiana Jones-like ruin with vines growing over stone steps and little graves. And... Um, it was called the Village of Osaka. There was a, there was a, a memorial stone, to, to say what it was. But it was kind of a creepy place. And at, at the time I was trying to find a bamboo forest recording. You know, going to Japan, I should record some bamboo. I didn't know what bamboo sounded like, but if it made a sound, I wanted to record it. So this is my ghost, lost village bamboo forest mm-hmm. recording, which because it had been dry for several days, the bamboo was making this clacking sound every, Know, I mean, 30 seconds or so. sounded like the shishio-doshi, those, those water things that they have in Japan that fill up with water, go down and come back up. But this is actually just a spontaneous crack inside of a bamboo stalk. And this would just kind of uh, happen throughout the forest. It's a very almost... It wasn't sinister, but it was uh, definitely filled with the ghosts of whoever had been there. Uh, the animal that you hear was the other dangerous thing that I should have run away from, or at least backed away from, which was a, a giant wild boar, oh, uh, which I, I didn't know what it was at first. I just knew that I was recording two little rabbits, and the rabbits suddenly ran away, and I heard this sort of moving in the uh, in the brush, and I saw a big black thing, and I was trying to figure out what it was, uh, and I was thinking, do they have bears? Do they have bears? I think they have bears around here, um, and then it made this sound that you'll hear, uh, and then there's a little bit of a lightning rain thing going on, but anyway the lost village. of myself. So did it,
2: did it, it just didn't bother you? It just ran
0: off? I was totally frozen. I probably looked like a tree. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. I was, I didn't know whether I should, I didn't know what to do. But I had, I, I, the microphone was in the general direction of it. So I just thought, well, just don't move and, you know, maybe I'll have a room. So it just
2: ran away? It didn't? But
0: it slowly, it slowly moved, you know, right near me then slowly moved away. It never, it never I don't think it saw me, I think it was just busy doing whatever wild boars do, but it was enormous. You know, those, those, those black, big black uh, boars in Japan with the big tusks, are, mm. they're bear size. Wow. So, here it is. This is also an exercise in how to record silence, because there's not a lot going on other than, mm. you know, very still bamboo boars. And after a few minutes, the, the rain soaked into the bamboo and stopped making that sound. Um, that mostly came from it being dry. So there's just one last one. Um, this is hot summertime. Now going from trying to make you feel cold and all these other feelings, um, you know, this is the still muggy hot summer. And I tried to make a track made up exclusively, f- exclusively of insects because I had recorded so many birds, and I burned it, you know, birds up the wazoo. So I thought, can I make something interesting with insects? This one, in order to make it a little more interesting, a little bit more Japanese, does have um, a temple bell in it that was next to where this, um, this was happening. Actually, there are two temple bells that were both recorded next to where these things were happening. Um, and the last thing you hear on this last track is a little chimey uh, insect called a suzumushi, which is like a, a chime... Insect, mm-hmm. literally translated, And this is the one, uh, NHK followed me around, and they, they wanted a story, so again, I had to try and <laughs> find something to, you know, give them, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and this was perfect because they were able to do a crossfade from the insect that I was recording into, you know, the old little the little Japanese chimes that everyone puts on their doors in the mm-hmm. summertime. And what's, what's NHK? NHK is, um, it's like their BBC, oh, their, sort of their national mm-hmm. broadcast. Um, And so bells, little insect, and the first really loud insect you'll hear is, again, anyone, any Japanese person anywhere in the world hears this, and they know it's summertime. This is the, it's a kind of cicada, and it's just, if you hear an interview, uh, see a movie, anything that takes place in the summertime (laughs) dealing with Japan, animation, live action, you know, 1950s film, you'll hear this, this, uh, the, the loud insect. A trick uh, it's pretty close to the bell yeah and I was trying to figure out where to put it it, it is it is being placed in there um, the Osho San, or the, the the priest was very nice this really old guy who was who uh, was willing to actually I think he confused everybody in the village because he kept he thought do you want it again do you want it? He kept ringing it again <laughs> and again and I'm sure everyone in the nearby town was like, what's going on um, but yeah it was like pretty close
2: yeah well it,
1: it has a rich timber so. oh it's a beautiful can, bell yeah
0: the, the first one at the beginning of the track is from Zen Koji Temple in, in Nagano, uh, which is considered, it, there's a, m- a list of the 100 most famous sounds of Japan. Um, 20 or 30 of the sounds are because of politics, and there might be something like the Toyota Factory in, uh. in Yokohama or something. I didn't record the Toyota Factory in Yokohama, but uh, this temple bell at the beginning is one of the 100 um, famous sounds. It mm. might
1: have been interesting to segue from insects to Toyota Factory. <laughs>
0: It, it, it was a real big challenge trying to record in Japan yeah. compared to Costa Rica. But, um. What?
2: because?
0: Oh, it just, it, there's just people everywhere. There are highways, mm-hmm. planes everywhere, uh-huh. um, farmers. Uh, th- in, in Nagano alone, uh, to scare birds away, instead of scarecrows, they have these tubes that um, I don't know what they do. It sounds like a gun goes off every few minutes. So yeah. most of my recordings are filled every few minutes with a <laughs> explosion as these yeah. apple orchards are trying to scare away birds, you know, miles away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. that was just one of the challenges. Is there a
1: dove in there? Yeah, that's, nice. that's yeah. a yamma yeah. batop. That's, yeah. well, yeah, that's just its natural call. Cause I called it four times. So no, no, no. exactly yeah, the
0: same. It change. just goes on and on and on. Yeah. It's called a mountain pigeon. Yeah, yeah there are pigeons there, sound really nice. I have,
2: my, have them on my, on my balcony. They come in the morning sometimes, and they keep going, and they keep doing the little bit. That's what I said. Like, just shut up. They start off being pretty, and then they just do that. <laughs>
0: I think I prefer the one at the beginning. Isn't
2: yeah. The yeah, it was pretty. It was lovely. So, uh, go.
1: I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. As a result of this work you do, how have you changed? Uh, how's your audition changed? My audition? your ability to perceive sound
0: oh well I think it's definitely been enhanced I know that um, I mean I always listen to things rather quietly in the studio I was never a person who turned up the monitors so I always had so- somewhat sensitive ears but certainly your brain plays a big part in what you perceive and um, I know family and friends are always um, uh, Always, you know, say Robo ears. Call me, call me names, Robo ears, or whatever, because you know I can hear a conversation on a telephone on the other side of the room, or mm-hmm. I can hear things. Um, I, I in mixing in mixing these, I think one thing about r- recording nature sounds is that the microphones don't differentiate like your brain differentiates. So often the, the speakers would seem to be, if you record with microphones, it's presenting sort of everything at, at equal volume. So part of my justification to myself, at least, I'm not sure why any justification, but for making it a little bit more designed, a little bit more uh, arranged, kind of presenting here's this sound, that sound, even though I'm trying to keep it in its natural context, is, be, is sort of simulate what your brain might do in, this, in the space. It's what I do in the space when I'm hearing things in, in, in that forest setting. And I'm sort of trying to recreate this. I'm trying to make the speakers recreate that decision making uh, to make it sound a little more
1: natural, even though it's even less natural.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This this is uh, a project that's in we process. We're going to go back yeah. to yeah, the recording. The
0: dollars too, so. yeah. uh, low, <laughs> But no, I, I think I you know it's it's pretty much done. These are this is about half of the recordings. Um, I'm just working right now on the booklet, which I'm trying to make uh, much more comprehensive. Again, like I really want to talk about like the, for the first track, the history of that island, how it, how it fits into Japan some political stuff, cultural stuff. Because it does, I think it adds to the listening to, to have the context. So I'm just, I'm working on the packaging.
1: Do you know when it's going to come out?
0: If it doesn't come out this year, then, mm-hmm. then it's never going to come out, so. Uh, <laughs> do you have a label for it? I don't, the Costa Rica one was sort of a dream job because I was, I was hired by my friend. Again, he had the company down there and he just keeps sending me royalties. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was sort of a dream job, uh, you know. Uh, this one I funded myself. I have been getting emails from people who want, want it but I haven't been able to think that far ahead I'm, I just can't get in that space, but regardless of what happens I mean, the travels through Japan has just, just been phenomenal, the experience is worth the money alone and um, I've certainly used a lot of the sounds in, uh, you know, in my jobs, in my post-production work, so it's it, you know, paid for itself in that way How,
1: What's the ratio of the amount of that you recorded in versus the mountains are going to end up in the final mixes of I mean, like ten to one, twenty 150, 1, to one, fifty
0: to one, thousand to one. I recorded at least forty hours, so it'll be about a one-hour CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do the map. <laughs> uh, don't I don't over how many seconds. trips. Uh, it was three, I think three, maybe four trips. The first. The first trip was two weeks (coughs) in the the Hokkaido. The the second trip was the the epic, nearly month-long trip. I was flying all over the place to the islands and trying to do early spring, late spring. And then the third trip was mostly hot summertime stuff in the mountains. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more complicated and expensive flying around Japan than driving around
1: Costa Rica. And when, When you were scouting locations, did you did you was there a lot of? Well, was there a lot of scouting where you would go and spend you know two days finding the right place to record and then record for an hour? Um, well, there's always serendipitous
0: things. This one piece I didn't play was uh, this howler monkey in the rain that was on, the, on my Costa Rica CD, which was I had gone I was sleeping up in a tree just a giant ficus tree attached to it thinking I was going to wake up in the morning and record toucans or whatever I thought was going to be in the trees. Of course it started raining. I didn't think oh yeah it's Costa Rica it could rain. No birds, uh, but this howling monkey started um, baying or whatever they do howling, and uh, so um, with Japan, I had you know serendipitous discoveries like you always do. I had to be careful because it is just ex- it's expensive to get to Japan. It's ex- really expensive to move around. Um, it, the internet really helps because you know everyone and their mother and uncle have blogs. Um, I know a couple locations like this one uh, Pebble Beach. On this island, who'd become some in- an English teacher had her blog, and she was describing a beach that made this otherworldly sounds. Like, there you go, Just put it on the list, um, and then asked, of course, people about um, like historical and cultural things. It's certain sounds I needed to. There's a bird that I just had to get. Again, it's indicative of spring, so I had to record it. Um, but okay, it was it was a lot of hit and miss.
1: You speak Japanese.
0: I speak some Japanese
1: that thunderclap that we had there I didn't understand the onset of it uh did you digger with that thing did you tweak it at all
2: well it wasn't the it
1: onset of that thunderclap doesn't sound like a thunderclap
0: I didn't change the sound it was re- it wasn't recorded at the same time as <laughs> the bamboo it was the same place but not the same time as the bamboo but I didn't change the sound. It, it was very, I think the closer, I don't know. I've, th- this was very, very close and very loud. Actually, I got several other thunderclaps that completely overloaded my microphones. So they it was obviously very yeah. close. Mm-hmm. It has a different like uh, I don't know how to describe the sound. It doesn't sound like a boom. It sounds more like a it's like tinny crack.
1: Yeah, like something's ripping apart.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think, I don't know, but I think, because it's the only time I've ever heard that. Mm. And I've been in the desert, I've been in Florida, I've been places yeah. where thunder's been, but lightning's been close by. I think it's because of how close I was, but I, I'm not a...
1: It's mysterious because I haven't heard of that before. Oh, well okay. <laughs> and I like thunder. Oh. <laughs> Should I, do you want to hear it again? <laughs> I would love yeah, to hear it yeah. again. Yeah. Just but that. I don't want to take away from other plans here. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, uh, I'll take your name and I can I'll send you a CD. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. Should we take just like a little break for a second? Are those up
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll turn on the heater for five minutes. Okay. Awesome. You <laughs> well, <laughs> did you? Did you well, break. <laughs> before we do that, actually, like Andrew, do you have any closing remarks you want to make? Or? Um,
0: not so much. I you know I'm not much of a speaker, but I like but I like presenting my sounds because they're fun to listen to. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, awesome. you. Thank you very much. Yeah.